Shalom Abrachorab the Masechus Kedushin Daf Chof. Hey, today is Daf discusses atypical cases of the master damaging his his slave, but when he was already blinded or just ruining his eye or his tooth, if he does it while trying to heal him, discuss whether being Masaris one's Eved is considered a, a mum nicker. The tongue is considered nicker, internal or external. And we begin the discussion of how, of how to when is koina an animal. First, the Gemara tells us that if the master hit the evet on the eye, and instead of blinding him, he just weakened the eye or loosened his tooth. It all depends on whether it affected his ability to use that aver. If he's still able to be used, then the evet doesn't go free. If not, then the evet goes free. It's considered that he was blinded or his tooth came out. In another bias, we learned that if his eye was weak and then the hit from the master blinded him, or his tooth was loose and his master hit it out, if it was unfunctional before the master hit it, then he didn't do anything in the mass and the avid won't go free. But if this is the draw that broke the camel's back that made this eye tooth non-functional, then the avid does go free. It's that even though the Evid couldn't see so well before, he could still possibly go free by being hit. And it's also a that the master can actually blind him and it still wouldn't set him free if his eyes weren't functional beforehand. Next, the Gemara asks if the master was a doctor. He's taking care of his Evid's eye or trying to fix his tooth. And he blinds him or pulls out the tooth. First, the Gemara says that the joke's on the master. David went free. Shimon ben Gamliel learns from the Pasuk of Ashachsa that the master only has to free his slave if he purposely intended on knocking out the tooth of the ear or the eye. Over here, he was doing it there and the Evid would not go free. The Rabbanon used that Pasuk to learn like Rabbi Eliezer and Abraisa that if the master is helping his shifcha give birth and in the birthing process he blinds the the new baby's eye master is putter for that because Vashichasa tells us he needs to have kavona to do it not just part of the birthing Rabbi Shimon learns that out from Hekish of Vishikhasa, Vishikhasa. The Abanan don't learn that Hekish. Next, of Sheshis tells us that if the Evid was already blind, but the master dislodged, popped out the eye, then the Evid goes free. Because what the master did was significant in making him a Mechusar Avar, missing a limb. We have another Braisa that discusses this halacha of Mechusar Avar when it comes to. Birds and mumin birds don't have the same halachas of mumin that animals do. Nevertheless, if a bird's wing is dried up or its leg is cut off or its eye gets popped out, that is considered a mum to passel the animal. For a carbon, we learn from the Pasuk of Minhoif. And not every bird is kosher for a carbon. Next of Chibarashi, Amarav tells us. That if the Evet had an extra finger and the master cut off that extra finger, so now he's down to the standard 10, 
the Eved still goes free. Rav Huna says, he clarifies that this extra finger is only counted as a finger if it would have been counted with his other ones. And cutting that off, even though it's an 11th finger, is still enough to free the slave. Next, the tells us that the elders of Nizunya weren't coming to Avchista's shear. So Avchista told Rav Hamruna to put them in Cherem. The Ben Yoda explains that Rav Hamruna was Rav Chista's metargaman. He was the one that would announce Rav Chista's shiurim. So Rav Hamruna asked them, why aren't you coming to the shir anymore? And they said, well, he's not answering any of our questions. He keeps giving us these very curt answers, like we're balabatim. Oh, don't give me just a yes or no, give me the lundus. So Rav Hamruna said, well, why haven't you asked me? Every, every, every time you ask me a question, I give you an answer. You could have asked me. So they asked him, okay, if the master sterilizes his Eved by cutting off his Beitzim, does that count as a Mumsha Begaloi, something which is noticeable outside of the body, or technically it's still an internal organ, and the Eved wouldn't go free? Ramnuna didn't have the answer on him. So they asked him, no, what's your name? He said, Ramnuna, and they made a joke about his name, and they called him Karnuna. A cold fish, something that was degrading. When he reported that Rav Hamruna reported what happened to Rav Chista, Rav Chista said, "No, they were just trying to get a a Mishnah out of you." The Mishnah says that there are twenty four Rashi Varim in a person. That if they were to get Saras, it wouldn't be Matama the person because they're not visible. And the Mishnah lists the, the, the fingers, the toes. The tips of the ears, the nose, the male organ, woman's breasts, all places that can, that the Taras wouldn't be visible, that would be considered a mumnister. Rabbi Huda adds even the dadim of a man. And the subtext of that Mishnah is that an Eved would go free with any of those being damaged by the master. Rebbe adds, even sterilization. And Benzazai adds, even if the Eved's tongue were to be cut off. Rebbe says, when, what the Gemara clarifies, when Rebbe says that sterilization would free the slave, how was he sterilized? If it was that his aver was removed, that's the same thing as the, the previous case in the Mishnah. Elamai must be that he had his baits removed, and that, you see, would free the Eved, it counts as a mum, the Galoi. Now, the Gemara is Medayak from Rebbe, he says that Tirus would make the Eved free, but Smashma that if his, his tongue being cut off wouldn't. But the problem is that Rebbe says elsewhere, Smashma that, that a tongue is considered something that would free an Eved, a mum, the Galoi. Because when it comes to the Paraduma sprinkling, Rebbe says, that if the mechatas landed on his mouth, that would be metahirim. The chachamim say not. Achari, we're talking about the tongue. You see, the tongue is considered galoy. The Gemara says, no, it means the lips and the outside. Well, that's obvious. That's outside his body. No, not so obvious, because the, uh, the lips can be pursed and become internal. Kamash Malone, they're considered external and would be metahir. Uh, we have a Braisa that says even on the tongue. And we have another Braisa that says that when it comes to Gabi Mumim, 
Tanakama says if most of the tongue was removed at that moment, Rebbe says even most of the talking part of the animal's tongue, the part that's unattached, that counts as a mum. How could he say that Rebbe holds that, that only Sirus is a mum begolay, not, not the tongue? Elamai Rebbe says not only does Sirus count as a mum goloi, obviously a Tongue severance would be a mum galoi. Benazai holds only the tongue, not Cyrus. When he says even, he's going back on the tongue, not on Cyrus. Why didn't we list Benazai first? Because he's only adding one mum, Rebbe's adding two. Well, that, the way that the Baal Brysa heard it, first he heard Rebbe, he wrote it down, and then he heard Benazai. So he didn't switch the order. He wrote it down as he heard it. Next, Ula tells us that everyone agrees when it comes to Tuma that a tongue is considered external if it comes in contact with a Sheretz, it will contract Tuma. Why? Because the Pasuk says, Asher boy, when the Sheretz touches, makes contact, and the tongue is able to make contact. It's touchable. However, when it comes to Tevila, ritual bathing, that the tongue is counted as internal hidden, because the Pasuk says, Berachatz Besaroi Bamayim. Again, Besaroi is external, so too the tongue uh, would need to be external in order for it to be higher. It's not, though, it's inside, it's unlike the skin, inside the mouth. The Machlekes, however, comes by the Paraduma, sprinkling that water where Rebbe says it's more like tuma. It counts as being external. Our bonans say it's like tevila, it's internal. They're both arguing about the posuk vehizev hator al hatomev by the mechatos. Rebbe learns that the vechitoi in this posuk, the sprinkling is going on the word tome, comparing it to the sheretz. External. Our bonans learn that the chitoi is going on the end of the posuk bamayim, comparing it to tevila, meaning that the tongue is Internal. Why don't the Rabbanon want to be, compare it to Tuma? It does say Tuma in the Pasuk. He'd rather learn Tahara from Tahara. And Rebbe didn't want to learn it from Tevila, even though it does say Mayim in the Pasuk. Because it says Vechibes Begodov in between the sprinkling in the Pasuk and the Mayim in the Pasuk. Verts back to comparing it to Tuma. Which would mean, according to him, according to Rebbe, that the tongue is external. The Gemara asks, wait, Rebbe holds by tefillah that the tongue is considered hidden inside? But Rav of Adam Rav Yitzchak says, that there's a shifcha in Rebbe's house that went and toivled, and they found what she came out, there was a bone in her teeth. Rebbe made her toivel again. The Gemara says, okay, the water doesn't actually need to come in contact with it. But if there's something preventing the ability of water to come in contact with it, if there's an actual chatzitza, that would be an issue. She'd have to go again. But as long as she's able to, the water doesn't actually need to come in contact. It's like what Rabbi Zaira said. Rabbi the Menachah said, any material that's able to be used, any ingredient that can be used and would be mixed together, even if you don't actually mix them together, that's what's kosher. So it's the ability 
more than what actually happens. Back to the discussion of whether becoming sorus by Beitzim counts as a mumgaloi. It's a machlekes tanoim. The pasuk says meuch vekosus vinitoik vechorus. There's a list of ways that one can become sorus. They're all talking about Beitzim according to Yehuda. The Gemara clarifies Beitzim and the Gid would be Misarisim. Beliezer Ben Yaakov says that the Pasuk is talking about the Gid and not the Beitzim. Rabbi Yossi is Machriya Beinayim. He says that the, 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 the Psukim of Moich and Kosos are, would even create a, a serious by Beitzim. Considered among Galoi. And not again, Karas, those mutilations would only apply by the Gid. Now, in the next subject, the Gemara discusses being koine an animal, and a large animal can be koine with Mesira, giving over the reins, not Meshicha. A small animal can be koine with, with Hagba, just lifting it up, according to Rabbeir. But the and the Chachamim, they say that a small animal is koine with Meshicha. By leading it, pulling it, bringing it towards you. The Gemara, Rav Darshan, in Kimchunya, that a large animal is koina by means of Meshicha. When Shmuel met the Talmudim of Rav, he said, did Rav really say that? I, I, I saw Rav in the Mishnah saying that they're, being, they're koina with Mesira, not Meshicha. Did he change his mind? The Gemara says, yeah, he actually did change his mind. He learns like the Tana and the Brayasa. Where the Chachamim say that large and small animals are kind of with Meshicha. And if Shimon says they're both with Hagbal. If Yosef asks, oh, how, how are you koina an elephant? According to Rabbi Shimon, how are you doing Hagbal on an elephant? Even large animals? So there are actually three options that Gemara offers. Either Kenyan Chalipin. You can rent the space where the elephant is. By means of the property, you'll kind of what's in the property. And Rabbi Zera says you could bring four buckets and very strong buckets and have the elephant stand up on it. This would sound like a raya that if the buyer's kalim are in the seller's home, the buyer would be kind of whatever's on his kalim. But by this elephant case, there was they were in a valley, it wasn't Rosh Yachat or Rosh Rabin or when he was being coined to this elephant by Kenyan Hagba, it was on top of these bundles of vines that were three tefachim off the ground. And that's how the Lekech was able to be coined in the Meicher's property. Thank you for learning with me. Have a wonderful day.